Uh, like Bo last week, uh, we'll be doing the lesson solo this week, but in the last 30 minutes, a special guest has arrived. Uh, so we do have some good news to report. Our preacher, Ken Forrest, and his wife, Anita, arrived in Boonville literally 30 minutes ago, and I called Mr. Morgan, who I saw standing outside, and I said, let's talk the preacher into coming over and talking to us for a minute. So we're going to begin uh, just like that, and I want to welcome Brother Ken Forrest to Boonville. All right. Welcome, thanks. Brother Ken. <laughs> Thank you very much. Actually, we have an audience here, and they did not applaud so yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to say about that. I know Bo's not watching because he's on a beach somewhere right now. with his. I was on a beach just... <laughs> but Bo, there are 11 people looking at me right now. And me and you and Aaron did this for 14 weeks and we never drew a crowd. And the preacher shows up <laughs> and in 30 minutes our attendance has grown. Right. How was your ride up, preacher? Well, it was great. And it's a little bit unusual because what happened was... We, we had this big move planned, and a friend of mine passed away over the weekend. And so his son-in-law called and said, hey, um, we're thinking maybe the funeral will be on Monday. Uh, could you come up to Coleman for the funeral? And I was like, no, we're, we're kind of packing, but if you could ask him to hang on a couple of days. I'm just joking, not, <laughs> not really. But so in, anyway, he, he did pass away, and they made the arrangements, and sure enough, they could do it Wednesday. So what happened was we we had packed, uh, moving the Morgan moving people came, uh, worked really hard. It's been hot down there in South Alabama, so they got us all packed up until this morning. They finished finished it up this morning about a quarter of eleven. So I had some other little errands to run and things to move and shuffling around and trying to get all that situated. So about 10, no, what, what was it, about 9 o'clock? 9, nine o'clock? 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. So we know where to fuzzy. get accurate information. His wife Anita was holding yeah, up this, eight fingers. This is pressure now. Okay, so let me give it. 8 o'clock, around 8 o'clock, I got a shower, got dressed. In, in these clothes, otherwise I, I wouldn't be like this, okay? This is not normal for me. Uh, but anyway, got dressed, drove up to Coleman, and did the funeral. And then from Coleman, left and drove over here, which is about two hours, 15 minute drive. Anita left about quarter of 11. Was that the time? What? One o'clock? About one o'clock. She drives too fast. Yeah, well. That's a different story for a different time. <laughs> In any event, the guys left about quarter of 11. She finished up cleaning the house and, and getting everything spotless and then left the house about one. Okay, so she leaves with one with her car packed with stuff and two cats that we had sedated because they had become <laughs> wild by that point. And the most amazing thing happened was that we were able to converge on Boonville at what? Within just a few minutes of each other. It was amazing. So anyway, I've been up to do a funeral and she cleaned up the house and came up. You had a full day. It was full and, day. Uh, yeah. Won't keep you long, but we want you to know we are very excited that you are a preacher and we want to welcome you with open arms. Uh, what excites you about working with the Boonville congregation? Can you give us a few comments on what you're excited about working with us here? Well, I'll tell you that I, I, Anita and I, except for just a few trips to Loosedale, 
Mississippi, have never been in Mississippi very much. We've traveled through, like when we're going to Harding, where our daughter was going to college in order to get to Memphis and turn left. Um, but I've heard a lot of stories about the Boonville Church and about the kind of activity that is here. And the primary thing that I hear about Boonville is their kindness, their love for each other, the friendliness. So I've heard about Boonville for several years now. And when I learned about the opportunity here and the proximity to our grown children who live both in Birmingham and Huntsville, we thought what a great blessing it would be to be a part of a vibrant, active congregation of the Lord's people. So we're, Anita and I are constantly assessing our talents and how, how we feel we plug into places and the Boonville Church to us seemed like our kind of people. And so we're excited about getting here. We're excited about uh, involvement with young people. We're excited about potentially involvement with the college out here. Uh, we love older people than us, too. So, you know, Anita and I, we like to plug in with everything. And there's so much going on here. We just were bubbling over with excitement because the potential to plug into so many things. But my primary love is the preaching of the Word of God. And I will tell you, I know that it was, I know that it was limited because of the virus situation, it was on the second Sunday back, but I'm telling you, when I stood up here and looked at these people, it fired me up, and I just, it's like saying, sick them to a dog, <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited just about getting to work and participating with so many lovely people, and, and let me say this, okay, so I, I hear about this Boonville Church and about the the love that they have for one another, and then we show up, and this, there's this welcoming committee. We walk inside the house, and it's been totally renovated, fresh paint. It looks like a new house. As we're walking through this, what seems like a new house, there are <laughs> presents and cards everywhere, and we just want to thank everybody for the love you've already showered on. Okay. My wife said this, meaning I've taken up too much time. <laughs> no. Uh, what are some things we know the next few days will be busy for you? Uh, what are some things we can do as, as a church to help you guys out? Is there anything you need from us? What are some things we can do? I, I, I can't think of anything. You guys seem to think of stuff before we even <laughs> knew we needed them. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're going to need, need time to get our stuff unpacked and... Uh, there's stuff to do in the office and, and at our home. Uh, we've got, I've got a wedding this weekend as well. So we're going to be gone a couple of days. So we will not be here this weekend, but next week's going to be busy getting settled in. And, you know, uh, hey, come by and visit if you want. We love folks, and our door's always open. So, All right. Well, Brother Ken, I thank you for your time, and I know, again, I know you're busy, and I appreciate you coming over, and we'll let you get back to the fun times of unpacking, but welcome <laughs> to you and Miss Anita. We love you all, and we're glad you're here. Okay, thanks a lot, Guy, and thank, thank you. you for what you do. Yes, sir. Thank all you. Right. Well, that was a special treat. We will uh, continue on now with our... Uh,
lesson. We're in chapter 6 of the Love More, Sin Less uh, book we've been using by Brother Aubrey Johnson. Uh, quick review of what we talked about in week 1. We talked about love exalted the essentialness of love and the essentialness of the gospel. In week 2, we talked about the dangers and pitfalls of sin. In week 3, we discussed the importance of faith. In week four, we examined the trappings of unbelief. And last week, Bo led us in a lesson on repentance. Uh, that leads us to tonight's topic, which is salvation. But before we begin, I want to open us with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all the many blessings you have given us here at the Boonville Church of Christ. We thank you for... Brother Ken and Sister Anita Forrest, and we just pray that you will bless their time with us. Please be with them the next few days and, and just help them as they make this move. Help it be as smooth as possible and help us wrap our arms around them and show them the love that they need and just help this church grow. God, please forgive us where we failed you. Please be with all the sick of our number. Please continue to be with our country as we go through this pan pandemic. God, please give us wisdom and courage to always do what is right. And God, we just ask that you watch over us the next few minutes as we open up your word and study it. Please forgive us where we failed you. In Jesus' name, amen. At home right now, if you have your Bible, please open it to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 is where our main text will take place take place tonight. We'll begin reading in verse 1. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, who God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was re rejected by you builders which has become the chief cornerstone. Now everyone, please listen to verse 12 because this is going to be the basis for the rest of our lesson tonight. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, of course, the name Peter is referring to here is the name of Jesus. And I want to make it crystal clear at the onset tonight. We cannot get into heaven through the side door. Can't get in through a back door. 
There is one way and one way only for us to get into heaven, and that way is Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So Peter and John were being questioned by a group of leaders for a good thing they had done. The leaders wanted to know by whose name and with what power they had done this good deed. Now this would have been a convenient time for Peter to take the safe road. He could have told a little white lie, maybe talked his way out of a situation, but you know what Peter did is he stood in the face of those that were against him and he delivered the truth. He delivered the name of Jesus. You know, standing up to lies isn't easy, but the truth must be told. And as we continue on in this lesson tonight on how we obtain salvation, please understand, right now, church, the world needs to hear the truth. And if it's not going to come from us, then who? We as adults, we've got to teach our children the truth. We cannot allow them to buy into a worldview that tells them every action is okay. We've got to teach our children to stand against sin and call sin what it is. It's a tough job and it'll take all of us united together. Now the remainder of this lesson tonight is one you hear often in the Church of Christ, but it's one we need to hear. We're going to talk about the individual components of conversion that lead to salvation. First you've got to hear, right? Hearing. Every single component of conversion is critical to salvation, but obviously someone must hear the gospel message before they can become a Christian. Romans 10. Verses 14 and 15 say, How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. One thing, especially as an adult, that has kind of confused me in my life is when adults refuse to change their mind on a subject when presented with clear evidence to the contrary. You know, the only way one can correct wrong beliefs is to be taught and come in contact with correct beliefs. Jesus put it this way, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Tell me this. I have an audience, so I can say, tell me this. Who do you know qualified enough to add commands to God's word? I don't know anyone. Well, answer me this. Who do you know qualified enough to take out or omit commands God has given us? Nobody, our preacher said. Well, that's nice. 2 Timothy chapter 3 beginning in verse 13 tells us, But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, 
knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Church, we have a sacred obligation to tell and teach the truth. Trust me, the world needs it right now. The second component of conversion is belief. <clears throat> you have to hear, then you have to believe. <clears throat> Possessing the correct information is vital to salvation. But you know, just possessing the correct information does not guarantee you deliverance from sin and death. Truth that is unwelcome cannot do its work. We must hear God's word and we must believe it. Mark 16 verses 15 and 16 make this point clear. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. The Bible makes it clear that salvation requires faith. We have to believe. Now the third component of conversion leading to salvation is repentance. People who know what is right but are unwilling to change cannot be delivered from their destructive ways. That is why God made repentance essential to enjoy a spiritual renewal. When we repent, a believer admits the hurtfulness and the futility of their previous lifestyle. Then the believer sets out to change behavior and to follow the example and teachings of Christ. And you know, we as the body of Christ have a huge responsibility to forgive sinners when they are willing to repent. We must remember we should forgive just like Christ who has forgiven us. The fourth component of conversion is confession. Romans 10 verse 10 says, For with the heart <clears throat> one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now this is bold and powerful and a life-giving statement. This confession declares your confidence that Jesus Christ is the only one capable of saving you from your sins. This confession tells, other, tells others that Jesus' life, his example and word will be your guide when dealing with all the things that life throws at you. And again, we as the body of Christ need to encourage this confession. And this is a time we shower the repentant person with love and encouragement. And then the fifth component of conversion which leads to salvation is baptism. When a person is baptized into Jesus, he not only expresses his love for the Lord, but he commits himself to love as the Lord does. Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 says it pretty plainly. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We 
when we are baptized, we are literally wearing Christ. We are wearing the name Christian everywhere we go. And you know, all throughout the New Testament, when a person is converted, we find that person is immediately baptized into Christ. Uh, when you read through the book of Acts, you see this on occasion after occasion. Baptism is essential. God's word communicates this clearly. We as Christians must communicate this clearly. We cannot be afraid to teach this truth. Sometimes we are. But you know, if you or I were on a boat out in the sea and we passed by a stranger drowning on the water, none of us listening tonight would hesitate to throw out a life jacket or take whatever steps necessary to pull that person from the dangerous waters. We would just do it. But so many times we fail to share the eternal, life-saving gospel message with our family, with our friends, with our neighbors. All because we're afraid of a potentially tough conversation. Or possibly a little conflict. If you don't learn this from reading the New Testament, reading the Bible, it takes courage to tell the truth. You know, many times it's easier to allow a thousand lies to go by instead of confronting them with the hard truth. But the devil thrives on our weaknesses and little lies. The devil counts on our lack of courage. Pray for courage in your own spiritual lives. Ask God to give you strength to do and say what is difficult on a daily basis. Now is not the time for Christians to be cowards. Because we got to remember, our strength comes from above. God's perfect plan depends on us doing our part. The disciples did theirs. And all the generations of Christians up to us, they've done their part. <clears throat> It's our time to do our part for God. I beg you to pray and study your Bible. If there's things you don't understand, ask someone you trust. We can't allow scriptural ignorance to be the reason you're afraid to speak the truth. Because the truth is expected of us. We must continue to preach and teach and believe and repent and confess and baptize. None of us have the authority to teach something that God did not authorize. But nor can we fail to teach the things that God says we must. Even if some of those things are unpopular in today's world. And I think it is for that reason we must now more than ever speak the truth. And you know, one of the many beauties of the gift of salvation is that it is rooted in forgiveness. When we think of Jesus on the cross, which created that path to our salvation, we must be willing to forgive others when they repent of their sins. Jesus gave his blood for all of humanity, and we have a sacred obligation to tell humanity his story. <clears throat> We don't have many announcements tonight. My biggest announcement was that our uh, 
Preacher would be moving in soon, but I think you run that, Brother Ken. You're already here and have already talked to them, so uh, they're here. Uh, Brother Larry, since I've got you in the audience, is there any announcements that you can think of off the top of your head? Uh, be July 26th. That'll be a week from Sunday. Um, any others that anyone else can think of that I have an audience? This is wonderful. I want to use you. Nope. Thank you again, Brant, for all you do. He's got his headphones on. Not sure he can hear me. Uh, do want to remember uh, Sister Pat Green in our prayers this past week. Uh, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. She has doctor appointments coming up this week, but please uh, keep her in your prayers. And if that's all, if y'all will bow your heads, we'll close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And we're so thankful for the gift of life and the blessings that you've given us all. Tonight, God, we want to lift up Pat Green. Please give her strength, give her courage to face what's ahead. Please be with her doctors. Be with all of her family as they help her through this time. Just please see her through this to the other side. And God, just please help us do everything we can to be better people each and every day. Please forgive us where we failed you and know that we love you. Thank you so much, Father, for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.